Hello friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're getting ready to have Church on the Road. Hey, we're bringing a church to you right where you're at, in the cab. And we do it in a lot of different ways. We have a radio program, LonesomeRoadRadio.com. We have podcasts. We have CD ministry. We also have a telephone conference line. So log on to LonesomeRoad.org for our podcast and to order some of our CDs. And if you'd like to listen in on our conference line, we get together every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Just dial this number, 727-731-5062. So buckle up and come right along with us. We're going to have church on the road. We are on the road out here with all these drivers out there on that old lonesome road. And I'm glad to be here. Amen. Well, we got a great program today. We've got our buddy, Cliff Clark. Oh, I just love to hear Cliff. I've got to say, he's probably one of the best storytellers I have ever heard in my life. Well, uh, surprise, surprise, surprise. We, we got a great message for you today, and that's what Cliff titled it. I'll leave it at that because you, you can imagine where this one's going. Well, that sounds like something Gomer Powell would say. <laughs> yeah, he's going to talk about Gomer a little bit, but uh, it is a great message. And we heard this message on our conference line recently, and everybody on the conference line just loves Cliff Clark. And I can see why. I was just telling uh, my brother-in-law, that's okay if I say that, right? My brother-in-law? Yeah. I was just telling him, I said, you know, I said Cliff Clark's about the closest to a true Bible scholar as anybody I ever knew. 
Amen. Amen. Yeah. He was a professor in college. I guess he's retired now. I think it's amazing whenever I found out he was a professor because he don't look like a professor. (laughs) Well, he has a lot of knowledge. I know that. He is very knowledgeable of the Bible, and he he puts a lot of humor into his messages. So we're going to hear that message here. But, hey, first we ought to play a song. Who would you like to hear, Fred? No, I like that, that Rainbow song by Joe Arview. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite Joe Arview songs. So, hey, let's put it on. Here is Joe Arview, Where the Rainbow Begins. found myself on a walkway But I couldn't help but run Driving my life in the fast lane Not far ahead of the gun I take a pill to get up in the morning And the whiskey got me to bed I never thought I'd ever see 40 All I've been through, guess I should be dead I was searching for a life full of profit When I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold Searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow told me trust Jesus and I'd tell him he was just a man and I was hell-bent to be a free bird to fly away and never land was right about Jesus He's the way, He's the truth and He's the life He walked through hell to free us I've walked through hell to find His life I'm searching When I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold I was searching for the end of the Yes, I found where the rainbow begins. All right, 
Fred, that's where the rainbow begins. So let's don't keep uh, our listeners waiting any more for Cliff. Uh, let's just go ahead and introduce Cliff. I'm going to let you introduce our speaker tonight. You know, it's with great anticipation that I'm waiting on to hear Cliff preach because every time I hear this man preach, I learn something new. Without any further ado, here is my friend, Cliff Clark. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to hear everybody, and uh, I want to welcome all the newcomers. Uh, Sister April, glad to have you. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, I hear that your friends with Kurt. <laughs> I may need to pray for you more. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Kurt. Glad to have everybody. My goodness, the Lord is good. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm nervous tonight, and I need your prayers. If you're listening to this and you're a Christian, say a little prayer for me. Uh, I don't know which is worse, not having any message at all or having five or six. And I've got five or six, and I'm going to try not to preach all of them. I thought about talking about leadership this week because... I uh, feel like the the country, not Lonesome Road, but the country uh, needs uh, good Christian leadership. And I was going to do that, and then I changed my mind. I happen to think, um, I have a good friend. I have a good friend uh, in Arkansas, and uh, he is best friends with Don Knotts. Uh, you know, uh, Barney Pipe, and, and he loves... Uh, Andy and Barney Fight and, and uh, all those characters, he knows them personally. And the way he makes his living, uh, he is an impersonator. He does impressions. He's very, very, very good. <laughs> he can make me think my wife is just around the corner. Anyway, he's very, very good. <laughs> and he loves to do... Uh, Mayberry impressions. He uh, knows all of them real well, and all of the Clampets you know, does them real well. Uh, one time I was in uh, I was in Missouri somewhere, and I was doing a uh, an outdoor teenage event. We had uh, above a thousand teenagers, and I was uh, I was due to speak to them, and I was preaching, you know, and I was losing them. I don't know. If you've ever been in a crowd that that size or any kind of crowd and, and lose them, but I could tell that I was losing their attention. And my friend happened to be there, and I spotted him in that great big crowd, and, and I said, "Hey, Barney! Hey, Barney!" My friend's not named Barney. I said, "Hey, Barney! Come up here! Come up here!" And so I got to talking to him, and he got to, he took my clue. And he started talking to me in the voice of Barney Fife. <laughs> now, you don't think it. <laughs> that was sure hard to preach, uh, being the straight man with Barney Fife. And I was that's talking about sin, you know. And I said, uh, I said, hey, Barney, I said, what do you think? Of, if you had something you wanted to tell all these teenagers, about sin, <laughs> I said, hey, Marty, what would you say? <laughs> what would you say that we ought to do about sin? And my friend in the voice of Barney said, I think we ought to nip it, nip it, nip it in the bud. You know, <laughs> I got to laughing, you know. I got to talking to him as Goober, talking about uh, different different things in the word <laughs> with Goober. You don't think that would <laughs> you don't think that was something else. I I, I got to talking about uh, I had been talking about uh, Samson and Delilah and and I said uh, and my friend, you know, he could change individuals right in mid sentence, you know and, and so I said uh, I said, Hey Goomer, I said I've been uh, I've been talking to these kids about Samson and Delilah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? 
Delilah said to Samson whenever Samson woke up and his hair was gone. <laughs> and you got it. Uh, my friend said, surprise, 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 the, uh, in the voice of Gomer, you know. <laughs> and I, I uh, left there, and I got to thinking about all the times in life when we are surprised, surprised, surprised. And more than that, I got to thinking about the prodigal son. Now, Brother Gary, I don't know uh, how long this message will be. I really don't. Uh, I'll, I'll shut up when it's time to shut up. <laughs> but I got to thinking about the prodigal son and about all of the surprises in the story of the prodigal son. Now, you might have heard that story, but there may be somebody listening to us today, chaplains, uh, that, that has never heard that story, so I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. In Luke chapter 15, uh, verse 11, uh, and Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son. Now, you'll have to forgive me. I've got brand new bifocals, and they're running all over the place, you know. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> it reads like this. And he, and he said, that's Jesus, and Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. And then, Now, wait a minute. Those of you that have heard this story before, I just heard it. I just heard I just heard your brain say, oh, I've heard this before. I'm going to go do something else. Click. I challenge you by the Holy Ghost and by the Spirit not to shut your heart off and listen to what the Lord says in a story that may be familiar to you. Luke 15, 11 says, and, and he said, uh, he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and sent it and he, the citizen, sent him, the prodigal, into the fields to feed swine. And he, the prodigal, was vain and filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bred enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, and I will go to my father. And I will say unto my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he, the particle, arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring, bring hither the fatty calf, and kill it, and eat, and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. And he was lost in his in his town, and they began to be uh, be married. I want to read you the next verse that we leave out a lot of times. Uh, now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew near into the house, he heard the music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Lord, give us what you have us to say today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I got to thinking about the surprises of the prodigal son. Jesus, Jesus uh, tells a group of three parables here. I actually think it's four. And, and uh, chapter 15 of Luke has been called the heart of the gospel. Somebody, uh, one scholar said that if we lost 
all the books of the Bible, and we only had one page left. If we had if we had the pages that contained Luke chapter 15, we'd have enough to share the gospel with the whole world. Well, I don't know if I agree with that completely, but I can understand that that Luke chapter 15 is the heart of the gospel. Jesus told three parables. He told a parable about uh, some lost sheep. He told a parable about a lost coin. And he told the parable about the prodigal son and his elder brother. He, You know, I love that parable about the lost sheep. It says, what man of you uh, that has a hundred sheep, if, if he not lose one, or leave the ninety and ninety and go into the wilderness to find the one that was lost. I, a lot of us, to me, that parable of the lost sheep speaks of carelessness. There are some people that get away from a relationship with Jesus Christ because they become careless. You know, a sheep can get concentrated so much on on eating and on different things, and, and the rest of the flock move on, and they don't hear them. And pretty soon, the rest of the flock has moved on, and, and the little sheep finds that he's all by himself. So many times, we become careless in our relationship with the Lord. We we stop going to church one Sunday, and then it's two, then it's three, and and before you know it, we're out doing things that we never thought we were. And it's because we've become careless in our relationship with the Lord. But all oh, the wonderful thing about it, dear driver, the wonderful thing about it, dear chaplain, that our Lord is the good shepherd, and he will come after us. And there's no nobody that he's gone too far that the Lord can't save. He comes after that sheep. The next parable Jesus talks about is the parable of the lost coin. It, it mentions that uh, in Bible days, in Bible days, whenever they got married, they would pay a dowry. They would pay a dowry. And the woman would take 10 coins out of that dowry and make a necklace out of it. And it had the same symbolism uh, as we do with our wedding ring. Those ten coins represented the fact that she was pledged to the one she loved, and they represented her relationship with the, the one she loved. And uh, if, if a set falls out of it, it was it's like a, a set falling out of a ring. Uh, I know one time uh, my wife, uh, the set fell out of her ring, and we spent hours and hours and hours, and she grieved and grieved looking for the set in that ring. And that lost coin is kind of like that. Every coin, uh, they might not have been very valuable. They might have been farthings. They might have been pennies. They might have been solid gold coins. What made them valuable is not their individual value, but their value and their representation uh, as, as the group. You know, some days I don't feel like I'm worth a whole lot. And I know maybe I shouldn't feel that way, but I get down like that. But oh, when I get to thinking about being of value to the Lord and being a representative of uh, of the Lord and, and His bride, all that, that blesses my heart. And, and the way that we are strongest, the way that we are most valuable, the way we represent the Lord most is whenever all of those coins are intact, and we all belong to the Lord and his house. You know, I got, I got to thinking about uh, losing that coin and about the little lady uh, hunting for it in Bible days. There weren't a lot of windows, and they would light a light. They would light a candle, and that, that woman would sweep that broom, and the, that broom represents the Holy Spirit. And she would sweep the house and sweep the house and Maybe today, dear Chapman, or maybe today, dear driver, if you're away from the Lord, maybe you feel the Holy Spirit kind of sweeping through your house and, and pulling you back to the bride, pulling you back to the church. You know, when the Holy Ghost starts to sweep, and when that old broom got to sweeping, my old grandma used to broom, and when she got to sweeping, she stirred up a lot of dirt, you know. 
stirred up a lot of dirt. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit gets to talking to us and convicting us about different things in our life, oh, don't you know that memories come back and things come back. But I want you to know that if you'll turn your life over to Jesus, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter how deep the dirt. He knows you're still there. I, I can see that lady as she swept, 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 and she lit that candle and began to move it around, and, and the light of the Word hit that, hit that little coin, and that coin reflected back. And the little lady saw the reflection, and the dirt wasn't, wasn't too deep because it was a value to her. And she reached down in that dirt and brought that coin up, praising the Lord because the one, the thing that she had lost, the thing that she had lost was now restored. There's some of us that, that fall away from the Lord because of carelessness. There's others of us that fall away from the Lord uh, because of accident. Things happen. You get out of church or you, you're you on the road and you don't get to go to church very often. And pretty soon your, your relationship kind of dims a little. But, oh, if you'll come back to the Lord and allow him to refresh you, he will. The next parable Jesus talks about is our text here, the text with the prodigal son, the text with the prodigal son. You know, the prodigal son, he willfully walked away from the father. And there are people that, that they don't uh, get away because of carelessness. They don't get away because of an accident or something that happened. They willingly choose to turn and walk away from the Lord. And I don't know why the Lord led me to talk about this today, but if you have at one time served the Lord and you've decided, dear driver, you decided to walk away, oh, I want you to know that the Lord loves you. The Bible said that a certain man had two sons. And the, the first surprise I would like to talk about is how much the son was given. One day the son, the son, Father, give me everything that falleth to me. And he wasn't supposed to say that until the father was near death. But he basically said, God, I want my inheritance and I want it now. And he demanded, did you ever have a teenage son that, that or daughter for that matter, that, that made the man, all of a sudden he's the man in God. I want it, and I want it now. And it broke the father's heart, but the father divided his living. And I'm amazed. I think that the particle son was surprised. Lillian, if you're taking notes, write it down. He was surprised at how much he'd been given. You realize how good God has been to you, dear sir? Do you realize, dear, dear lady, how, how good? Do you realize how much you've been given? And I, and oh, how much you've been given. And the next surprise, number two, he, he all of a sudden he had all this freedom. He wasn't bound by the by his father's rules anymore. I'm going to do what I want to. God gave us free choice. Free choice. He gave us freedom to decide to serve him or not to serve him. And the the the, the son all of a sudden. I'm free of the Father's rules. I'm free of the restraints. And I'm going to do what I want to. The next surprise, surprise number three, I think he was surprised that it didn't last as long as he thought. You ever get a bunch of money and you think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be, I'm going to have money forever. <laughs> They tell me money can't buy happiness, but I'd kind of like to rent a little bit once in a while. Anyway, <laughs> I, I've gotten uh, back pays or different things in the past. And I thought, oh, we're going to be all right. And you know what? To my amazement, hard as I might try, that money sprouted wings and flew away. It didn't last as long as it thought. You know what? If I think about it, it feels like just yesterday. I'm 67 years old at Stomp Camp. I'm 67 years old, and it seemed to me like I was just in high school a few days ago. Life is short. 
And it doesn't last as long as you think it does. And oh, if God and His Holy Spirit is giving you a chance to come back home, be careful because it won't last as long. It won't last as long as you think it, it will. The next surprise, I think he was surprised that it didn't turn out the way he thought. Oh, I, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, man, I'm going to party and I'm going to, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And these people, why, if I get down and out, they'll take care of me and they'll watch over me and, and boy, but it didn't turn out the way he thought. You know, I was reading something the other day. I was reading about the divorce rate. And did you know that currently the divorce rate is higher among Christians, or at least people that call themselves Christians? The divorce rate is higher among Christians than it is among people who don't call themselves Christians. And I kept reading these statistics, folks, and you know what the number one cause for Christian divorce is? One says to the other, hey, that guy or that girl is more spiritual than the one I got. Now, what a, what a ridiculous thought to tell you that a lot of times, and I don't know why I'm talking about divorce, but I, 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 I want to tell you that a lot of times when we willingly choose, when we willingly choose to walk away and get involved in sin, Surprise, surprise, surprise. The one we get involved with, the one we get involved with, it doesn't turn out the way we thought. Come home, dear loved one. Come home, dear loved one. It didn't turn out the way that he thought. Next thing I think he was surprised about, he wound up doing things that he never thought that he would do. Now, a good a Jewish boy in those days, they didn't have anything to do with hogs. Hogs were considered sinful. And he was taught from the time he would have been taught, from the time he was old enough to walk, not to have anything to do with ham or bacon or any of the rest of it. Man, I love ham and I love bacon. But this fellow was taught that that was wrong. And all of a sudden, because of circumstances and the way it turned out, he wound up, this good church boy, this good uh, gardener boy, wound up doing things that he never, ever dreamed. He never, ever, he wound up feeding hogs. Not only that, he wound up feeding hogs. Not only that, he was so hungry, he wanted to eat slaw, uh, hog slop. I, I love you all. I love you. And I told you I love ham and bacon. <laughs> oh, the only thing that makes bacon any better is more bacon. I love it. I love it. But have you ever smelt the whole pen? And here this boy was doing things he never thought that he would ever do. Sins that way. Sins that way. It can make you wind up doing things that you never, ever... Maybe you start out with one drink, and before you know it, you call called in the bottle. Maybe you start out with one one joint, and now you're on drugs. Or maybe I don't know. I don't know, but I know that's the way sin is. It latches onto you, and you wind up doing things you never thought you'd do. Come home, come home, please come home. Turn that truck around and point it toward home and come home and let the Lord fix it. Let the Lord fix it. He wound up doing things. Surprise, surprise, he wound up doing things he never thought he'd do. And all of a sudden, he came to himself. Did you know sin is crazy? Did you know sin is crazy? I got to thinking one time. I know I'm not a drinker, there like one, but I got to thinking. Uh, a friend of mine came into work and he was he was hung over. He had a headache, and I, I said, "What's wrong?" And he said, "Oh, he said, I went out uh, Friday night, and oh, he said I had a a wonderful time." And he said, "I spent my whole paycheck, spent my whole paycheck on a party, 
And man, we drunk and drunk and drunk. And he said, I've been hung over for two days. And I, I said, what's hung over? And he said, oh, he said, I got the office headache and I feel terrible. And oh, and <laughs> I said to my friend, will you give me your paycheck next week? He said, well, I know. <laughs> I said, well, if you give it to me, I'll give you $10. And Monday morning, <laughs> Monday morning after you spend that $10, I'll give it back and you'll feel a whole lot better. It's so silly because we pay, we pay. To feel that way. All of a sudden, when he came to himself, the Bible said he, he came to himself. He realized what he was doing. Came back to himself, and he said, "How many of my father's servants have food to spare, and I'm starving to death?" Oh, dear brother, dear sister, please be brave and realize where you are. Realize where you are, and realize that God has a wonderful plan for you and a wonderful plan for your life. He realized. And all of a sudden, the surprise was, this is the pride, number six, he had a desire to go home. The one place he, man, if I ever get out of here and get away from my dad, if I ever get away, but all of a sudden, surprise, he had a desire to go home. Oh, if I ever can get out of this church and quit dealing with these church people, I'll never say. But all of a sudden, he had a desire. Surprise! He had a desire to go home. Oh, my, my, my. All the way home, I, I don't know if he did, but in my mind, boy, Dad's going to kill me, and I'm going to have to beg, and I'm going to have to plead, and, and I'm going to have to get somebody to go find Dad, and he won't want to see me. But all the Bible says when he was yet a great way off, when he was yet a great way off, the Bible says that the father saw it. <laughs> Lord, please let me preach. The Bible says that the father saw it, and he ran to where it was. Surprise, surprise. I didn't have to go find my daddy. Surprise. My daddy was looking for me. The father was looking for him. Surprise! <laughs> Can I tell you? Surprise! Right there in that truck. Surprise! God is looking for you. God is looking for you. It's not just you looking for God. It's not just you looking for peace. God is looking for you right there where you are. Surprise! The father went out every day looking for the son. How do I know that? Because the Bible talks about a fatty calf. Talks about a fatty calf. He, he, when, the, when the son left, they would take a young calf and they would start feeding that calf and they'd feed it and feed it and feed it and they'd get it up and they'd, 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 they didn't ever have to move a muscle and that meat was tender. And the reason they did because one day they were going to have a feast. And I believe the father fed that fatty calf every day. One day my son is coming home. The Lord loves you, ma'am. The Lord loves you, sir. And he wants you to come home. And he's been looking for you to come and preparing for you to come all this time. Surprise. He was looking for it. <laughs> Surprise, number eight. He wanted to restore him. He... The son came and said, Father, I'm no more worthy to be called outside of sea. He confessed his sin. That's the one thing we need to do is confess and say, Look, Lord, I've messed up and I've done wrong. You've done that to the guy, to your bartender. Oh, man, I've really messed up. You've done that to your barber. Oh, man, I've really messed up. You've done that to your best friend. Man, I really messed up. The one thing you need to do. You say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I messed up. And the father didn't hold it against him. See, he wanted to restore him. He didn't say, oh, you rotten old so-and-so. He didn't do that. He called the servants. He called the servants, and he said, oh, he said, oh, he said, bring forth the, bring forth the robe, and bring forth the ring, and bring forth shoes, and in Bible days, a robe was something that was passed on 
I don't have time to explain all that, but it it was passed on from the, by the the father to the eldest son, the eldest, not the young one, to the eldest son. And whenever people saw that robe, they didn't see the prodigal anymore. They didn't see the kid that was covered with a hog slop. They saw the father because it was the family coat. God wants people to see himself in you or through you so that whenever people look at you, they don't see you anymore. They see the Father. Oh, look, there goes the Father. No, wait, that's the Son. Oh, look, there goes Lily. No, that, that, that's the daughter of the King. They that thank you, Lord, let me preach. Bring forth the robe and bring forth the ring. In Bible days, the ring was the, like a credit card, and, and they had a little... A compartment in the top of it, and it had slit in there and a piece of wax. And you, if you went into town and and you made a deal to buy something, and you're going to bring the money back, you took the top off that ring, lit that wax, and and put your seal on a piece of paper. The father gave him access. That ring represented access to all the God is. And may I tell you, sir. The God wants to forgive you, and he wants to give you access to all that he is. He wants to restore you, and he wants to give you health and healing and life and forgiveness, all that he has. But, oh, I messed up. Oh, the Father said, that doesn't matter. I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to give it back. Our shoes in Bible days represented their relationship with God. I remember where he said, to Moses, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. I don't have time to teach that, but I look, he was surprised. He was surprised at the ones that wanted to help him. The servants ran and they got all this stuff and they killed the fatty calves. All them servants, when they had the heart of the father and, and they, were, they were doing whatever they could so that the son could come back to the Father. And I want you to know that if you come back to the Lord's house and to the Lord's people, there are people that love you there. I don't care how badly you've been treated in other places. There's a place for you in Lonesome Road Ministries. There's a place for you in God's house. And there are people that love you. There are servants of the Lord that are glad you're home. The Bible said that there's rejoicing. He was surprised by the rejoicing. The Word of God says there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repented. Last thing I want to say, I've got a lot more. I've got a lot more, but I think I'm about out of time. The last thing I want to say, he was surprised by who was glad to see him and who wasn't. You mean... Somebody wasn't glad, he has an older brother. His older brother wasn't glad. If you come back to the Lord today, there are many, many that will welcome you. If you come back to the Lord today, there may be one God's old, well, you know what I mean, that acts like they don't want you there. But guess what? You're not there for them. You're there because you love God. And you're there because you want to get closer to God. I think he was surprised by his older brother. God wants us. God wants us to know his heart. God wants us to see that he wants people to come home. That's what Lonesome Road is all about. That's what our ministry as a chaplain is all about. We need to help the Father and know the Father's heart and help the lost come home. I love you. Find a place, pull that truck over, and give your heart to the Lord. Find a church house, find a place where they're teaching the Word of God and grow in the Lord. Well, I can't go on Sunday, then go on Wednesday. Well, I can't go on Wednesday, go on Tuesday. Find a place where you can be fed. I love you, Lonesome Road, with all of my heart, with all of my heart. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for letting us preach. Please, Lord, 
Please, Lord, let the prodigal come home. Please, Lord, we're looking. Please, Lord, we're looking. Let him come home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm done, brother. Amen. 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 All right. Well, uh, Cliff, what a powerful message. I love the message. Uh, You don't know why you're preaching that, but God knows that there's somebody out there. I don't know if they're on the line tonight or if they're going to hear this message when we put it out uh, on a CD or a radio program or podcast. But somebody needs to hear this message, and, and there's somebody that's going to come back to the Lord either tonight or later down the road. So go ahead, Cliff, and lead that person right now in a prayer that will bring them back to the Lord. Would you do that for me, brother? Yes, I will. Hey, it's what? It's really simple, sort of. I, I like A, B, C, D, E. Oh, my goodness, five points will be here forever. All I have to do is admit to God that I messed up, and I'm lost, that I'm far away from it. Just admit it. That's the A. And then I have to believe. Now, I don't mean that I have to believe in the existence of God because the devil himself believes God's real, right? <laughs> it's a matter of believing that God will forgive me, and it's a matter of believing that God will change my behavior. And then it's a matter of confessing and saying out loud with your mouth, Lord, I've sinned, please forgive me. And then it's a matter of really doing it because there's a lot of people that's the deed. There's a lot of people know they need to do it, but they never get around to it. And lastly, the most important part is to express it to somebody. Hey, I got saved last week. Father, in Jesus' name, help them to say, Father, forgive me my sins. I know that I'm wrong. I believe that your son died for me, for me, and I confess that I'm a sinner. I'm doing that right now, Lord, right where I am. Help me to tell somebody. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, praise the Lord. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Cliff. Thanks for the great message. And I know that somebody is going to be praying that prayer with you either tonight or on down the road. So I thank you for being true to what God has called you to do and preaching what he laid on your heart tonight. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that brought my liberty. I do not know just why. He came to love me so He looked beyond My fault and saw my need I shall Come. 
song by Joe Arview, He Looked Beyond Our Faults. That's exactly what he did for me, Gary. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my need. You know, Romans tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's that's so true. And what a great message by Cliff Clark. Oh, I just love to hear Cliff. Yeah. You know what we ought to do? We ought to tell our listeners how they can get more copies of this message, or we got a lot of other messages by Cliff, and we got some messages by Joe with a lot of more of his music on there. We just got such a library of um, great messages that we can send anybody that wants to hear more from Lonesome Road Ministry. And if you would, you can just give us a call, 618 383 2107. You know, we're only 27 steps from the mailbox, <laughs> and we'd be glad to send you some of this stuff. That is for sure. So, yeah, call me on that number, text me, or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And hey, let us help you out there on that old lonesome road. So, what song you want to hear from Joe right now? Well, Surprise me. <laughs> All right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to surprise our listeners with another great song by our good buddy, Joe Arbue. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Life I live, a little house, wife and kids. We go to church where I grew up, live by that holy book. It's what we love. That's America. I go to work and draw my check. Then come Monday, ain't much left I do it cause I believe That's the thing God meant for me in America We work for Jesus Hey, that's America Red, white, and blue That's America to give, but I'm always good for my 10%, and when a friend gets down on her, I find a way to help him up, there'll be enough in America. 
back Some might say that's just a right And there's some people like you and me Who gave them life so we'd be free in America That was a great song by Joe Arview. What a surprise that was, Fred. It was a surprise. Yeah. And that's a great patriotic song. You know, America was founded on Christian values. That's true. Amen on that. So we're uh, running out of time, so let's put on my testimony in song. I like to close all of our programs with At the Foot of the Tree. You know, things change at the foot of the tree. Amen. All right. Well, here is Dennis McKay with my testimony in song at the foot of the tree. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope. Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name this chance would it be my last then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross broken hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling Down that old lonesome road I shared the good news wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody what's happened to me How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past But I called his name this chance could it be my last then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross broken hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost, I 
left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.